Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Healing in the Name podcast. My name is Pastor Jacob Sandholm, and this podcast is brought to you always by Christ Community Church of Davis County here in Bloomfield, Iowa. And again, it is an honor and a privilege to be with all of you as we start this week. This week, we have Halloween, and it's the start of November, a new month. And here in Iowa, we can definitely feel that we're getting close to November and December because it is getting chilly outside, to say the least. But nonetheless, we can still feel the warmth and the love that comes from our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to aim to do here today. Again, thank you so much for joining me this morning. And I want to remind you all to please email the Healing in the Name podcast at gmail.com. If you have any topics that you'd like me to go over or, or discuss, as again, this podcast is meant to be an interactive podcast where you guys let me know what you're struggling with. You can do it anonymously, of course, um, however you prefer. And we do our best to discuss it right here on the podcast. And through the scriptures and through the word of God, we can hopefully, mostly all the time, find healing in the name of Jesus. And so today, we're going to pray before we get started, but today we're going over a very sensitive topic, just to let you all know. And it is one that I do not take lightly, and it's one that a lot of us struggle with. Thankfully, the awareness of this topic has gotten a lot greater here in our country and the world, but nonetheless, it's still something that everyone just feels like, mostly everyone um, struggles a little bit with, especially because of the world we're living in today. We're going to be discussing mental illness today, mental illness. But before we do that, I think the best thing we can do is start our week together with an attitude of prayer. So if you will, please, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, gracious God, I want you to be glorified today. Lord, I pray that we will remember that you are our Lord. Yes, Jesus, you saved us, and we are so thankful that you did. But Lord, we also understand that you are our Lord that is um, forever, from beginning to end. Lord, you never change. And God, may we worship you, praise your name, and do everything we can to glorify you in our everyday walks of life. And Lord, today, I ask that you might speak through me today. Lord, help me have a thoughtful mind and a sensitive heart as we discuss a topic that is so hard for many to to talk about and to discuss. But Lord, I pray that your presence will be felt here in this podcast today. Lord, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert on mental illness. And Lord, there's so much more I need to learn about you. But God, I pray that during this moment, during this next half hour, Lord Jesus, you will speak through me and you might be able to bring healing and strength to the people that are struggling out there today. Lord, may this podcast find the people that need it the most, and may they feel your presence more than anything else. Thank you, Lord, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, guys. I have named this podcast episode today, Jesus in the Pit. Jesus in the Pit. Because a while back, I was talking with a friend, and I, or more or less, this friend was giving a testimony about her struggle with depression. And the way she described it was actually a way that I've heard 
others with depression describe it as well. As they say, it feels like you're in a pit. You're in this deep hole in the ground and there's no way out. There's no ladder. There's no rocks to climb on. There's no one looking down into the pit trying to help you out. You feel as if you are in a pit. And again, there's no way out. And you can't see anything. You can't feel anything. Thus, many people with depression, I've heard, it's hard for them to have their minds focused on Christ when their physical minds are focused on the fear, focused on the the danger, focus on the sadness, the loneliness, whatever it is. And so many individuals who have clinical depression, who have clinical anxiety, or any sort of mental illness that can more or less paralyze the mind, paralyze the brain, that can also paralyze the body. And it can lead people to a feeling of what's the point, and thus leading to horrible circumstances that might come. And so I say these things to kind of start us off as to why, why I guess we, we felt the need to talk about this today. The truth of the matter is so many people, as I said earlier, are struggling with mental health. And while many were struggling a long time ago, thankfully the awareness of mental health has gotten a lot more, I guess you could say out there. It's a lot more common to hear about it nowadays, which is a good thing. And because of that, we have mental health therapists, we have medicine, we have people who can help counselors. And again, we're aware of it. And so hopefully now I I understand that there will be some people that still don't understand it, but hopefully we as a community and as a society can more or less understand that people, they're not just having a bad day, (laughs) right? They're not just feeling down because I'll be honest, there are days where I feel down, I feel blah, I feel sad, but I don't have clinical depression and I don't necessarily have clinical anxiety. And so now you might be asking, okay, well, if you don't have it, then why, what makes you credible enough to talk about it? I have many loved ones who have clinical depression, who have been prescribed, um, and even if they're not, haven't been prescribed, I know that I have loved ones and friends who struggle with anxiety and struggle with mental health. And so while I might not necessarily struggle with it to that extent, I've been able to see it on the outside looking in. And I was one of those people in high school who always thought when I heard depression or when I heard that, I'll be honest, I was one of those arrogant and ignorant people that said, Oh, whatever, just shape up, be happy. Life isn't that bad. <laughs> and you know, I had no idea what people were going through. I had, I didn't have the slightest clue. But the family I have and with the friends I've, I've acquired, I've come to a much more understanding and become so much more aware that mental health is a serious issue. And while we have some therapists and some counselors, I'll be honest with you, <laughs> the access to them are, is nearly impossible. You know, you call and you have to wait like months to get in. But what if you need help earlier? And so, again, this is just the introduction, but I just wanted to talk to you about how serious this issue, this issue is in this world because it's a legit thing. It's not just a, a one-day feeling. It's, it's legit. And so I want to do my part, do the best I can. And I have a lot of scripture today to back it up so it's not just me talking 
because I, I believe if it was just me talking today, I, I wouldn't say the right things. And <laughs> I'm just being honest with you about that. So we have a lot of scripture, and I'm, and we're going to do the best we can to help you if, if you're going through depression, if, if you're in that pit, if you just can't feel better no matter what you do, if you can't really put your focus on Christ, we're going to do the best we can to read you scripture and to talk about what we can do to help us feel better and to help us at least, at the very least, get through the struggle on a day-by-day basis. First of all, the question that many people ask, if there is a God... Why? Why do people have mental health, mental illness, I should say? Why do people have mental illness? Why would God let people have depression? Why would God let people have anxiety? Why would God let people worry? What's the point? If God wanted to, because he was God, and in this part I agree with, if God wanted to, he could make everyone happy all the time. He could. He honestly could. But you know what? If God did that, we would have absolutely no freedom. We would have no emotions. We would be like robots walking around 100% happy all the time. Now, <laughs> some of you might be thinking, well, that can't be that bad. Well, our emotions are what makes it, make us who we are, you know? Nonetheless, though, I truly believe that God is not the one that has given us mental, mental illness and mental issues. Just like I truly believe God is not the one to create cancer and to give cancer to our loved ones. God is not the one who created the minds and the hearts of people to go and shoot a bunch of people because they feel like it. God cannot and does not do any evil. Therefore, it's not from him. Well, if it's not from him, then who could it be from? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And I think we read this a few weeks ago, but it, it, this scripture pertains to this today as well. Again, friends, it's all about the freedom. The Lord our Father, God in heaven, he wanted us to have free choice. Because what's true love if you're forced to love someone? My wife and I love each other because we chose each other. We fell in love with each other. We had a crush on each other in high school. And we still love each other. We sacrifice things so that the, others, the other one could be happy. That's true love. If I was forced upon my will to love this girl, even though I have nothing in common with her, I don't like her at all, that's not true love, and that would be miserable. In the same way, how can we truly grow in relationship with God if we don't have the choice to willingly say, I love you, God. God doesn't want to force us on anything. He just wants to encourage us because he loves us. But let's go to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 1. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the free from the trees and the trees in the garden. But about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat it or touch it, or you will die. No, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So 
She took some of its fruit. She ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid from the Lord among they, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So right here we can see this is the reason why, friends. This is the reason why. The serpent came and like all sin caused the first sin with, with Adam and Eve as they ate the fruit that came from the knowledge of good and evil. We don't need to know what's good and what's evil. That's up to God. Um, as long as we know what comes from God and we live out that life, then we're good. However, like Adam and Eve, so many of us are trying to obtain that wisdom for our, our own selfish gain. And that's why we are seeing so much evil in the world, guys. It's not from God. It's from the free choice that you and I are making every single day. Why do people have mental illness? It's because we're not perfect. And there, it's also because there's a devil trying to work at you to get you away from God. That's why. Now I want to go to Romans chapter 5 to kind of add to this truth about why we have mental illness. This is from Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death spread to all people because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law. But sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. So, more proof, guys. Death began through Adam. Death began through Adam and Eve. And from Adam, sin continued to happen every single day. And what are the wages of sin? Death. Death is the most permanent thing. It's, it can be the scariest thing. It's the darkest thing. And from death, we see all of these illnesses come now. Because remember, it says right here, this way, death spread to all people. It says death through sin. In this way, death spread to all people. Sin spread through all people. And so now we have all these messed up things going on in this world because of sin. And now you might be thinking, well, that's not fair. If Adam and Eve wouldn't have sinned, maybe we wouldn't have depression or we wouldn't have mental illness. Well, that's not true. Because I truly believe that if Adam and Eve wouldn't have sinned, which they did, and so we don't really have to discuss that any further. It is what it is. But even if they wouldn't have, Cain still would have killed Abel or so on and so forth. Someone would have done the first sin. Because God gave us freedom. And where there's freedom, we have a choice to mess up. We have a choice to do the wrong thing. And as humans, more or less, we do just that. But hearing this and hearing the real reason why there's mental illness, why there's cancer, why there's so many bad things of this world, I want you to hear this and know that having depression, having anxiety, it is not your fault. 
Okay, I hope that you stayed on the podcast long enough to hear that part right there. It is not your fault. Okay, have we sinned? Yes. But you having genetic clinical depression or you having some sort of clinical depression, no, it's not your fault. It's not because you don't have enough faith. It's not because you don't think you go to church enough. It's not because you don't think you pray enough. Whatever the lies the devil and other people are trying to tell you, it's not your fault. Okay? It is an unfortunate illness, like cancer, that people get. Now, can mental illness be affected by what's happening in the environment around us? Oh, you better believe it. We are seeing so many spikes in depression especially in the youth from COVID, the year 2020. That was a hard year. We were all away from each other, causing us to feel lonely. And when we feel lonely for a long time, here comes mental illness, here comes depression. And even though we might not have been born with that genetic depression, we might actually get it because of the world that we're living in. It's, hey, it's all, this world's messed up. But it's not your fault. And so when we're in this struggle, when we're in the pit, what can we do then, right? What can we do to try to get out of that pit? What can we do to at least help get us through the struggle of that certain time, of that certain day? What can we do? Well, I found a few things here from Scripture. And the first thing is getting help. Now, like I said earlier, getting a therapist is not easy, okay? It's not easy to schedule one and wait months on end just to talk to someone and hopefully that you get the right therapist for you. It's not easy. But I also want you to know, don't be ashamed of getting help from a doctor. Don't be ashamed of, uh, of having to take medicine, whatever it is. Because from what I've seen from the outside looking in, those of my loved ones who have taken medicine, you know what? It does help a little bit. It really does. Now, again, it's easy for me to say because I've never had to go through it. But don't be ashamed of finding ways to feel joy again in your life. These might just be ways that the Lord Jesus is using to help you feel better again. I also want to remind us of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus knows that because of sin and because of the sin that Adam and Eve did, that this world is really messed up. And we can get exhausted, we can get tired, we can get sad from hearing about it and looking at it all the time. And so Jesus reminds us that, hey, he's there for us. When we're feeling down, when we're feeling depressed, he is there for us. So don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to open up the scriptures and try to find Jesus when you're in that pit. I also want to read 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. Like I said, we're going to have a lot of scripture because I believe scripture is what helps the most. Or I guess what I should say, scripture is what helps describe how we can get through the struggle the most. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. Many of us don't read from Chronicles. But hear what this says. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. When we're having bad times and when we don't feel like praying, we don't feel like looking to God, do your best to try to force yourself to open your, your heart up to the Lord. And again, I know it's a lot easier said than done. 
but reaching out to the Lord and reaching out to doctors, reaching out to people. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to get help. Okay. And it, with a similar mindset, the second way I think that can help us get through the struggle is to help find a community or to be involved in your community. I know that, you know, an individual who attempted suicide, someone that I knew previously, they attempted, thankfully didn't succeed and was met with love and compassion and affection from her best friend. And I think that helps so much, especially helped her not feeling ashamed, knowing that she had someone that could be there for her and with her. And that right there tells us the importance of community. And so I want to read a couple of scriptures about that community. First of all, from the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter one, starting with verse six. Now, Naomi had two sons. Okay, this is from Ruth. Naomi, from the scriptures, had two sons. Their names were Milan and Chilion. Pretty sure I'm pronouncing those right. <laughs> And however, the, both her sons were dead, or excuse me, died. Both her sons died, and her daughters-in-law were left without husbands. So she, Naomi, and her daughters-in-law set out to return from the territory of Moab because she heard in Moab that the Lord was paying attention to his people's need by providing them food. So she left the place where she had been living, accompanied by her two daughters-in-law, and traveled along the road leading back to the land of Judah. Okay, now Naomi starts to be a little bit stubborn in a sense where she's telling her daughters-in-law, please go home. I'm too old. I can't provide you with more sons. And can you even wait if I could, you know, for my sons to get older, old enough where you can marry them. So please go home, find yourselves new husbands. You don't have to deal with me anymore. And ultimately, one of her daughters-in-law named Orpah kissed her and she left. However, Naomi's other daughter-in-law, Ruth, clung on to her. In fact, Ruth was so adamant that she would not leave her side that she said, Do not plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me. Boom. Naomi stopped talking and said after that, how, how could you try to convince Ruth to leave more? Ruth was not going to leave. She was adamant. She loved her mother-in-law so much that there was nothing that would stop her and separate her from her. And so when we're going through the struggle, when we're in the pit, can we find that community, right? Can we find that person that will stick with us through the thick and through the thin? And if you can't, please reach out to people. Reach out to people. Because loneliness, loneliness is so terrifying and, and, and it's so scary. We can't feel ashamed to reach out to people for help and to reach out just for a relationship, to build friendships. Because there are many people who are, who are going through similar struggles. And by being with each other, we can help each other out. But you say, all right, Pastor Jacob, I really can't find anyone. I can't find anyone. I don't know who my community can be. And with that, I tell you, from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need.
Even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger, for you are with me. Hear that part. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What do we hear right here? Even if for some reason we can't feel the presence of people around us, we can't feel the presence of community around us in a physical sense, the Lord our God is with us 24-7. Jeremiah 23-23, God is telling Jeremiah also, he says, Am I really a God that is only near and not far away? God is everywhere, is what that scripture says as well. And so if God is everywhere, you can believe that it's true. That God is even with you when you're in that pit. And so building that community with other people, but also understanding and building that community with God is so important. The last thing from Job chapter 1. You knew Job was going to come up. <laughs> Having faith. Having faith. You know... When you're feeling better, when you're having days that aren't so bad, whatever, digging into the word and building up your faith for when the battle comes again, when that pit comes again, and you can somehow fight it with faith, having trust in God that he is with you and will be with you to help get you out of this hole and of this pit. Now, for those of you that don't know, Job was a man who was fully after God. He loved God. He had full faith in God. And the devil was getting bored. And the devil was asking God, hey, I want to mess with people. Who can I mess with? And God said, well, you can't touch him. You can't harm him. But you can, you can test Job because I know Job won't leave my side. And God was right. You see, Job had a family that was wiped out and killed. Job had livestock that was wiped out and killed. Job had a home that was burned down and swept away. It was gone. Job eventually had boils and a disease on his body. Eventually, Job had absolutely nothing left except himself and except friends and a wife that repeatedly told Job to step away from God, blame God, just walk away from it. But Job couldn't do that. With all of this, Job stood up. This is from Job 1 verse 20, tore his robe and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Wow. Now we can see throughout Job that Job struggles, I believe, with depression and, and just the struggle with everything. I mean, losing everything, how can you not, right? But even with this, Job worships God knowing that everything that just happened was not from God but that God will help get him through this pain and this struggle and so with you whenever you're in the struggle when you're in the pit I want to invite you to have the faith to trust and believe that God will get you through it because he's there with you you are not alone so we can try all these things and they might help us get through the struggle. But the question that we ask every week and the ultimate question that we want the answer to is, all right, can we be healed from depression? Can we be healed from clinical depression? Can we be healed from anxiety? Can we be healed? Yes. Yes, I believe we can be. 
a couple things. First of all, I believe that if it is in God's will, you know, we see all these miraculous healings from certain pastors and, you know, people who lay hands on one another. And sometimes, you know, they ask for healing from anxiety, from depression. And you know what? It works. And they feel amazing. They feel incredible. And the depression is gone. They're healed. So that can happen. But, but, but what if the depression comes back? Or what if that doesn't work? Then what? We can be healed, but perhaps not the way that you would think. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. We must believe that Jesus Christ is returning again. I 100% believe he is. And so all of this pain, all of the evil that we're seeing in today's world, it will be beaten. It will be destroyed. And Jesus will be victorious over all of it. In a very similar way, depression, anxiety, and sorrow will also be destroyed with Jesus being victorious over that pain. How can you say that? What's the proof? Revelation chapter 21, 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. When Jesus comes again, your depression will be gone. When we go from this first life to our next life, as long as we hold on to what the Bible teaches us, to the whole concept of repentance, and and as long as we keep growing in our relationship with Christ, and we want heaven, we want Jesus, as long as we believe, then the pain will go away because one day when our life is over here on earth, we will be with Jesus in heaven. But we must hold on. We must not take it into our own hands, trying to get there before we're called to, because that might not always work. God has placed us on this earth for a reason and for a purpose. You are valuable. You are loved. You are here for a purpose. So until it's time, I want to encourage you to do the best you can to hold on to keep fighting it, to hold on. Now a scripture from Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Paul is saying right here, we're going through a lot of hard things right now. But all those hard things, all the suffering that you're going through, that we're going through, I promise, <laughs> it's not going to be anywhere near comparable to the glory that will be in heaven and in Jesus. Last but not least, friends, let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Can you be healed from depression? In a way, yes. But maybe not the way that we want. In the way that we have to be patient. <laughs> Again, I'm not an expert on this, guys. But I do know how amazing Jesus is. And I know that we have had loved ones. We've had best friends who have taken their own lives because of depression, because of mental illness. And we ask that question, why? Why would God let this happen? And I'm going to be honest with you. I ask that question sometimes too. 
And what happens to our loved ones after they do that? Guys, I don't know. We all have our, our thoughts, our ideals, but I don't know. My hope is that if it's like cancer, if we simply can't control it at all, we, we serve a God that's the God of grace, right? The God of mercy. I also know that if there's still room and there's still hope to keep fighting, we must keep fighting. This is a hard topic. It's hard to maneuver around. But what I can tell you is without a shadow of a doubt that God is always there with you. When you're in the pit, when you're in the fire, when you're in the danger, God is there. When you're having those bad days, God is there. When you have so much grief, God is there. Regardless of what you're struggling with, God is there. So I want you to know that you are loved, you are cherished by God, and that he is with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, gracious God, I pray that your word was spoken through me. Lord, I pray that any words that I didn't need to say or any words that were wrong, that, Lord, they went in one ear and out the other. And God, I pray that everyone that tuned into this podcast today will feel more hope. Maybe hope for themselves or hope for a friend or a family member that they know is struggling. Lord, may we be aware of this issue and, <clears throat> and may we do everything we can to be the community that other people need to help get through this, to help get through the struggle of each and every day. And Lord, may we turn our focus fully on you, praying against the mental illness, praying against all these bad things that are happening in this world. And Lord, may we prepare our hearts and minds ready for your return again, when there will be no sorrow, no pain, no grief, no sadness, no crying, anything bad in heaven. Whether you come first or we go there first, regardless, Lord, may you prepare a place for us and may we get ready to see you face to face. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being with us in the struggle. Thank you for walking with us in the valley. Thank you for always being with us and for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, it's in your heavenly name that we pray and glorify you. Amen. All right, guys, a little bit longer one today, but I think the topic warranted that. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Healing in the Name podcast. My name is Pastor Jacob Sandholm, and this has been brought to you by Christ Community Church of Davis County. Remember, you are loved, and the Lord Jesus Christ is with you every step of the way. I love you guys. We'll see you next time. Have an amazing week. And God bless.